Hello guys, welcome to another construction podcast. This is your host Jason Papa Vasiliu, and I'm really happy to have you here and I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. Today we're going to talk about how to choose and deal with your contractors and tradesmen. So let's crack on. So the topics we're going to discuss about today will be how to find the right tradesman, what's the tender process, and uh, how to choose your trim builder after you can the rest of the steps, and finally, how to deal with them after their works have begun. So let's crack on to find the right tradesman. There are many many ways you can use to find tradesmen. We're going to discuss a few of the most common ones. First of all, you can start by searching online using some of the trade associations. And the best known one of them, and is recommended a lot, is the Federation of Master Builders, or elsewise known FMB. There's a website, you can go online, and um, f- there's a section on the website saying find the builder, you can put your postcode, and it will show you all the around brazemen in your area. Um, for a builder to be a member of this um, association, they need to pay £370 per year, so first of all it's a really good resource in a way that it's not going to be your random builder there or a cowboy builder i don't think they will bother doing that because they're only doing weird jobs but um, also it's not only paying the money but they have to go undertaking some background checks as well and also um the, the federation fmb goes and checks uh, some of the project to see the quality of jobs as well before they become a member and also one of the um, one of the requirements for registration is that they have to have a publicly built insurance of, I think, at least one million, or if I'm not correct, maybe half a million, something like this, but they have to have a, a PR insurance, otherwise they cannot become members. Um, it doesn't, FMB doesn't really do a lot of checks in the sense after they become members, and even so, even in the initial registration stage, it's not guaranteed they're going to do a check but it's a good starting point but also as anywhere in the industry don't use the information blindly and doesn't mean because they are member of the FMB it means they are the, a very good builder but it's a good starting point and just to scatter and clear the first um, people you might end up so it's a good initial resource another way to like to find someone is ask your neighbors that recently they undertake in a refurbishment extension or whatever. Uh, so they will be able to give you good information if they were happy with someone local to your area. So that would be really useful. Uh, also, your family members can recommend you some someone local to you. Um, there are two ben- main benefits with that. Is first of all, uh, the recommendation would mean a lot to you because. They are impartial to the builder. They're not going to be like someone working for them or whatever. So it's, that's the most honest advice you can get in a way if they were happy how they dealt. And also another way is like you can actually examine some of the work because you will be able to go and visit your neighbor, family or whoever else recommend you someone that they used them recently. So that's really good as well. And um, also you can, when you... Like if you someone recommend you someone, you can you should ask them how um, how they dealt with them. So any construction project has setbacks, doesn't come without any setback or issues. So, but the main thing is to to see how the builder or contractor 
rectify them and how quickly they found a solution to avoid any delays. So first-hand information from someone already had the project with them will be really beneficial. So let's say you found three builders. Now you need to do a, t there is a tender process to see which one is going to do the project in the end for you. So after your comparison and asking your neighbors and everything, you should shortlist at least three builders. Three is a good number because five or 10 or 20, you can get as many as you want, but with three, you get a really rough idea of how much your project will cost or how much people pricing your project. So yeah, three builders, in my opinion, they're more than enough um, to ask to get a quote from. No. Now, if you get huge difference between the cost, you should check the breakdown of the cost, or at least to give you a briefly breakdown of the cost. Most probably they won't give you the exact amount of every, but the estimations anyhow. So if someone seems way cheaper than the rest of them, ask them to justify the costing, because they might have some sort of a deal with a local supplier or may, may have cheaper labor because they employ their staff. It can be any reason, but make sure you understand why they, they just provide you way cheaper call than others. I'm not talking about £1,000 difference. I'm talking about 10 to 15% difference than the next uh, lower quote. So that's a huge difference. And if we're talking for a £100,000 project, which would be typical extension, um, and then the next builder charges you eight, uh, quoting for 85000 that's a big difference. That's a lot of... So you need to make sure they're not going to cut any corners if you give them the project. So doesn't. So you should be worried about that. But on the other side, it doesn't mean the, the most expensive um, <clears throat> quote, it means it's going to be the best builder you're going to find because there might be people that are just overcharging you. So you should always check um, the fine print and ask if it's included in the price, if the VAT is included, the materials are included, uh, safe maintenance, clearance, whatever, you need to check whatever is included on the code. So also, um, if a builder is VAT register, registered, that's really beneficial for both of you as well because you can claim some money maybe of the materials. You should ask your accountant how can you do that. There are different ways how you can do that. But if they are VAT registered, you might be able to get the tax back. So it's always a good handy thing to have. So just to recap on this, uh, high price doesn't necessarily mean top craftsmanship or <clears throat> the lower price might be tempting, but you should always check what to include because you don't want to cut any corners on your dream project or renovation or whatever project you're doing. So another important thing is to make sure that your um, builder or contractor is providing you with a contract. Or if he's not providing one because he's saying I don't really want or he doesn't have one or whatever, you can ask one of your solicitors to draw one for you or you can use one of the online services that you can get contracts which are legally binding anyway. So you should always sign a contract, especially if the works are more than, in my opinion, more than £30,000 or above. You should always have a contract in place. Otherwise, otherwise you might have problems in the long run like uh, with the payment schedule, it can cause like saying, 
or you promise you're going to pay me on the 1st of January or whatever. But if there is contract in place and you follow the contract in hand, you, you, nobody really could argue either way. It's good for him as well, like to be able to know when the next payment is coming and so he, they can plan better ahead. So in my opinion, contracts are really beneficial for both parties. And another last point on the um, on the choosing on the builder, if they say ask you to pay any cash up front before the contract has been signed, you should definitely avoid doing that because you're gonna have you're gonna risk too many things, and um, especially if it's a large payment, you, the, the the builder might disappear, so and you're gonna end up losing uh, the whole deposit cash you paid. So always make sure before you pay any money, the contracts have been finalized. Now you've chosen your dream builder. Now you need to work with them for the next four to six months or whatever the project is going to last. The most important way to, the most important thing to do is to communicate with them. Communication is key on any building, on any project whatsoever. A really um, good way to start everything is to arrange to have frequent meetings to discuss the project and issues along the line. Um, in my opinion, how usually I do things is I have two meetings a week. It's one on Monday to discuss what's the targets for the week coming up, uh, what's the next le- steps, if we need have any problems with uh, last week that they're going to move forward. And the other one is going to be on Friday. Friday is like a, a checkout of the week to discuss if we manage to, get, to reach the targets we had at the start of the week. And also to discuss what issues you had, how we dealt, or how we're going to deal in the future. Also, um, you need to be nice and considerate to, of everyone. In the end of the day, they're building your dream home or investment property. So um, they are the people actually doing the work for you. So you should be nice in a way with them. Uh, also, another important thing is you need to make sure keep you keep up with the payment plan was set at the beginning. And make sure you're not the cowboy client. I mean, everybody heard about cowboy builders, but some of the clients, they've been really difficult of keeping up the payment. So make sure that you have the funds available during the project. And there, another reason for that is most of the builders, they live on the cash flow. So it's really important to keep up with the payment. So otherwise to avoid any delays with your project. Um, on the on the same note, sometimes... Um, you should be prepared that your builder is going to ask you for some money earlier than agreed. Um, before you just hand in any money, you need to ask them to explain to you in a in a good in a, in a simple way the reasoning behind it. Um, so you just not just hand in any money because they just feel like uh, they need more money or they wasted the money and the resources before they were meant to because of mistakes. So <clears throat> you should need to keep an eye on that. Um, a way to be more secure is you could ac- agree in the beginning that you will buy the materials, especially for larger items. So um, you just basically paying the contractor for them to b- provide the stuff and the expertise and you provide the material, whatever they need. Just a, a small side note on this. Um, if you're doing any purchases like materials, you need to make sure that um, all these purchases have been doing on your name especially for large items, because that can avoid uh, problems in the future. Now, another thing uh, really important is um, everybody can change their mind of what they want or whatever during the project. 
that changing your mind for minor details along the project is understandable. But make sure you understand that it will occur higher cost. It might occur higher cost. It depends on what you decide. I'm sure your builder and contractor will explain that to you. But um, you need to make sure that you understand these costs and most probably the price is going to increase from the original quote. You can't expect um, any last-minute changes or whatever to be covered by the court unless there's another saving. So it's always good to have in mind that if you, you're willing to save some money from somewhere else, like, for example, the the skylight windows, you might want it to have them electric, electrical opening. But if you change them to stable ones and not the one opening, there's a huge saving there. So... If you agreed in the beginning for this, the the, the big the, the one that been electrical operated, and then you decide to get the simple ones, this money saved on the call, you can use them somewhere else. The same works for bathrooms or kitchens. So keep in mind that if there's a saving took place, you need to remember that you can use those funds for some different parts of the project. So always be cautious on when you saving money for the building because otherwise. They're not, I'm pretty sure they won't come say, oh yeah, we saved 500 pounds there, let's use it somewhere else. They're just going to keep quiet unless you remember. So that comes to my next point saying that when you there are any changes, and especially when you're, you're planning to pay extra, you need to keep those details documented. And the best way to do so is to confirm any extras through email correspondence between you and your contractor. In that way, both parties, they have proof of the agreed works and any cost involved. So that's the most important things you have to look and how to work and choose your builder. Just a little side note in the end, if you like, you don't have to do that. But it would be nice if you can provide with some tea and coffee uh, facilities like a kettle, some mugs for them to help themselves because that would be a really nice appreciative touch. And um, if you're really happy with the progress every week or whenever you feel like, you can, in the end of the working, you can bring some beers or some some nice food, or if it's the summertime, you can arrange a barbecue. So yeah, that will go a long way down the line. So it's always nice to build relationships with uh, good stuff, good with them, and work the way you work with them, they will want to work for you and maybe provide a better um, service to you. So yeah, that was that was a topic, a six pack or a, a cup, a, a can of beer.